Hello there, citizen. Well, today is my birthday, and I like the idea of giving instead of just receiving on your birthday or really any day of celebration because it's a day of celebrating. It's like, hey, I have the capacity to give, and I like I like that dynamic. The Den of Lies. Firstly, I'm going to tell you my story. Appropriate, right? Secondly, I want to tell you about playing mid, which is the idea for the book that I had. But once I started doing podcasting, I realized that I could put out this information as a podcast. And maybe the information at some point does come out as a book. But I realize now that it's not entirely necessary. I don't need to... I don't need to do it that way. The information should get out and I feel able and willing to do this now because I think in the time it would take for me to finish the writing, to edit it, to publish it properly and to sell it, it would, it would, uh, you know, not be too late, but precious time will have passed. And also it's behind a paywall. What I want to share with you, the ideas were given to me. I received them. I didn't necessarily work for them. So although it's coming from me, It's just a gift that I want to be able to pass along. I don't necessarily feel that I need to sell it so much anymore. And I don't feel that it needs to be a book. All that said, to say that today, after I tell you my story, I'm going to explain to you playing mid. So I'm going to tell you a pretty good amount of things, really from high school onward, middle school to now. And then I'm going to tell you what I'm doing now and what I foresee in the future. So we're going to go past, present, and future in this episode. And it might possibly be a little bit longer than others. The descriptions on Spotify are no longer able to be viewed in their entirety. There's like a text cap and then you can't expand it anymore. So that's unfortunate. This is kind of a one-off episode. I likely won't be doing another one next week. I don't know for sure when I'll do another one. I have a lot going on. You may be able to hear a crunching sound. That is a little dog. Of course, he wants to eat right now. But the bowl gets empty at some point. Live and let live, right? Here we go. Let me tell you about the beginning of all of this. So I always had this feeling that I would be okay, money-wise. And I would be well off. The main feeling was like, don't worry. Don't feel pressured to do anything in regards to money. Like, don't rush getting into a job or picking what I was going to study, just allow it to happen because I would be okay. From a young age, probably until I was 20, I had a pretty strong feeling that I'm good. I'm good. As long as I am smart with what I receive and I keep my eyes open for the opportunity that would come to me, I would be all right. So that's the preface for all of this. Growing up, again, this is kind of uh, really starting in sixth grade, probably near the end of sixth grade, seventh grade, I felt like a loser. And uh, it wasn't entirely my own feeling. It was told to me. I was made to feel that way at times. Of course, nobody can make you feel anything. 
you grant them permission. Ultimately, you grant yourself permission to feel a certain way. But I felt like a loser. Gosh, and it was tough. I just felt lonely. I felt like I didn't really connect with people. And just generally off, I suppose. So I played a lot of video games, but I ended up getting drawn to books and knowledge. I googled how to make friends or how to be charismatic or something. And what I read when I applied it, things like make good eye contact or smile or have good posture. When I would do these things, I noticed it had an effect. And I was fascinated by the availability of all of this information. It's there. I realized maybe about seventh, eighth grade that I could Google something that I didn't know, scan this page with my eyes, and absorb this information that could literally change my life. Just by reading, I could change my experience of the world. And so I dove deep. I wanted to know everything I wanted to know. I pursued everything I felt vaguely interested in. And I would just I would just look something up if I wanted to know about this, I would look it up and read and read and read and read. And I was just dipping my toe in all these different areas and really enjoying it and learning how to learn and learning to enjoy learning. What I didn't know at that age was that there was a skill transfer going on. Getting good at anything will make you better at everything. Learning is a skill. And when you make these differing connections in your brain, you're better able to pick something else up that seems entirely unrelated and excel at it. The jack of all trades sort of thing. So I'm doing this, right? All throughout middle school, all throughout high school, still kind of feeling like meh about myself, but finish high school, which was difficult experience. And it's starting to occur to me that, okay, high school is about to end. I have to go to college. What's this feeling? What is this feeling of, I'm going to be okay? Where is that coming from? Why? What does it mean? Do I, am I just dumb luck? Am I going to be okay? Is there going to be something that happens to me, for me? Will somebody or something come into my life. So I just started to really question the source of that confidence that I would be okay. And in that time, I got a girlfriend. The third girlfriend I had in my life shortly after graduating high school. I believe it was 2014. Graduated in 12. And we dated for a bit. She transferred to Texas State and I chased her. I was going to a community college still kind of just like, what am I, what am I? Like, what is this feeling? I was studying stuff, but the entire time going through school, I was just disengaged and not applying myself. I really didn't have great grades. But the things that I was interested in, I was interested in learning. So there was this disconnect. School sucked. But learning and studying on my own was fulfilling. And it enhanced my life. So I chased this girl to college the whole time kind of feeling like, eh, do I like do I really need to be here? No. <laughs> to answer my own question, I was definitely feeling no. But in that time I was realizing, okay, I need to take action. I won't just become wealthy 
without assisting the universe. I was getting this feeling from God, from my angels, from my higher self, from a future me, who knows. And I was realizing that the feeling wasn't just um, an exclamation point. It wasn't like, you're going to be okay. It's, you're going to be okay, dot, dot, dot. So I realized and felt that, okay, I need to do something. I need to take action. And I'll get help along the way. But as long as I'm, I'm moving forward, then I'll get the help that I need. So I'm continuing to go to college and I'm feeling like it's just totally draining me. And at the same time, my relationship was draining me. There was a lot of strife. Uh, I was coming to in my own self and feeling like, oh, here's this whole other person that I kind of have to manage. And there was difficulties with that interpersonally, but then also with her So I'm kind of, uh, you know, going uphill and downhill. It's like there's good and bad mixed with what's going on. And my parents were paying for my rent. My parents were paying for my college. But I was like, you know what? I want some money. I want to be able to go buy a pizza if I want to go buy a pizza, really. Uh, Or do these other things. I don't want to have to ask my parents for money. Like I was kind of content with them paying my rent, you know. At that time, it felt good. It was like, hey, I don't have to work. Like, I can just kick it and continue to play video games and read and enjoy my girlfriend. <laughs> but I wanted my own money. So I started driving for Uber. And I had had some jobs before. I worked at Party City. I worked at Movie Tavern. And I got very sick one day working in Movie Tavern. For those of you who don't live in the Texas or the South, Movie Tavern is a movie theater that serves alcohol and food. And so I had a service job, food industry, and I just got so sick, like literally sick on the job. And I knew right as it was happening, when it happened, that this was being caused by me working here and the stress that came along with it. So after I recovered from being sick, I put in my two weeks and I told myself, I cannot do this again. I have to really take action and put myself in a position where I never have to work in this sort of circumstance ever again. Not so much serving, not the food industry. It was just being underneath. I knew I was worth more. And my body certainly did not enjoy that. So... I decided at that point I I wasn't going to work for somebody again, especially not in those circumstances. And what led me to Uber was I looked up self-employment opportunities. I realized Uber was a possibility for me because I had resources available. So I did it and I really enjoyed it. Very shortly after, I was presented with the opportunity of... Multi-level marketing. The company was Kayani, uh, nutraceutical. I was very into health. I was fresh to the idea of self-employment. I had had this feeling my whole life of you'll be okay. Like, just keep your eyes open for the right opportunity. And it was presented properly to me. It was emotionally gripping. I was excited, which is what really got me into it. If I had taken the time to pause, I probably wouldn't have jumped right in. But I did. And I spent quite a bit of money paying for my membership. In the end. But in the beginning, yeah, I also spent a good amount of money. 600 bucks. And so now I'm emotionally invested. But I'm thinking this is it. This is that thing. This is what's going to get me there. And I thought to myself, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to try and sell supplements to people, 
if I'm going to get involved in business, I need to know business. I need to know how to talk the talk. So I went to Barnes & Noble, went to the, the money section, to the business section, and I see this book, Second Chance. What's this? I see the cover, and I'm reading it, and I'm thinking, whoa. So I buy it, and I devour it. I go through it because the information that is coming to me is, is just shocking, and it was stuff that I'd always had, always had suspicions of, like our money system is just fake. There's something going on. I couldn't pinpoint what it was. I always had this aversion to money, and I didn't understand. It, it was just a lot of confusion, and I think a lot of people don't necessarily feel the exact same way, but they have that. It's just like, yeah, I, I know I need money, but it's evident in people's attitude of excuse my language, fuck capitalism, which at this point now I think is incorrect and there's a lot of ironies there. The people who typically say that are utilizing capitalism the most, but uh, I'll leave that said as it is. So anyways, I'm getting the real data. I'm learning from the book what's really going on and it's blowing my mind. And I'm like, oh, I need it. I I need to do. I need to do something about this. So I get into investing. The book lays out. Hey, here's what's going on. Here's what's gonna happen. Here's what you need to do about it. And investing was this huge part of it. So I got into investing at that time, my sophomore year of college. I'm involved in this multi-level marketing thing that is losing me money. But it led me to investing. So I have this bittersweet feeling towards it all because if I would have just applied the money that I put into this business, into investing, I would very much be in a different financial position now. But if I had never done it, maybe I never would have found the book or at least as soon as I did, then maybe I wouldn't have actually gotten into investing Who knows? But it happened. So the company Kayani basically just crumbles for me. I feel like I'm learning so much. I feel like I'm applying myself so much. I really was getting after it. I was calling people. I was going places. I was trying to connect with people I didn't know. I was constantly learning about the industry, about business, about sales. But it wasn't working out for me. And so eventually, I let that completely falter. Put it aside. Stopped paying my monthly. And I was no longer a part of the company. But at that point, I knew, okay, investing is where it's at. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And I realized that that was the path that I needed to take. If I didn't want to work for somebody ever again, I was going in that direction with the self-employment. Second chance made me realize that it, being an investor is better than being a business owner or self-employed. For a couple of reasons. In some ways, being a business owner is kind of superior. But regardless... I realized that the feeling I was having was all about investing. That feeling that I would be okay, this was it. That I needed to invest and I needed to invest in the right things. So I'm feeling good. So of course, I got to feel a little bad. My relationship ends. And that hurts. I drop out of college. That's uh, that was a unique time because I was just kind of in my apartment alone, drinking beer, eating pizza, wasting time, wasting more time, playing video games, just generally not kicking ass. And I'm feeling bad because I no longer have this girlfriend and I'm, I'm not in college anymore. 
I drive for Uber. To a lot of people at that time, it was very uh, humorous that I would do such a thing. And I was still so new to investing that I wasn't so sure of myself. I knew investing was sound. I knew that was good. But I didn't know about me. And one day, I find this YouTube channel. And I get introduced to RSD, Real Social Dynamics, which is a pickup thing. You know, game. Meeting girls. And just busted things wide open because in the video it's this like balding ginger a little overweight and he's telling it exactly like it is he's like i'm gonna go over to this girl she's gonna respond this way she does he's like now i'm gonna do this thing and go over to this girl and she's gonna respond this way she does and he's like now i'm gonna do this because of this and watch what happens. And then he just starts getting all these amazing results. The girls are like literally falling all over him. And I couldn't believe it. And it brought me back to that feeling when I was young where I was like, oh yeah, you can learn something to change your life by applying the knowledge that's available to us on the internet. We can transform our lives. So I'm hyped, right? I love women. I'm just out of a relationship. I miss that affection. You know, I, I, was, I was using it as a drug. I had it for years and suddenly, ah, it's, it's been the, the, you know, the tube's been ripped out of me and I'm no longer getting my daily dose. So I'm like, all right, this is, this is sweet. I want to I wanna go talk to girls. I want it to work out. And all these experiences get me into communication. Get me to realize that interacting with people is a skill set, which you can learn and improve upon. That was the point at which I, I understood the power of communication. I didn't set it as a priority, but it motivated me to better myself. And at that period of time, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be the man and I'm going to get her back. Slash prove myself. I don't know to who it was like this overarching need to prove myself like to myself, to her, to my friends, to my peers, like, okay, I dropped out of college. I'm I'm single now. uh, But I still got it. Like I can do it. You know, things look a little rough right now, but I swear I can do this. So I'm kind of going out talking to girls just feeling much more motivated and renewed in my willingness to learn. Now, things are dragging on. I'm still talking to this girl, right? We live together. We're still in communications. The relationship ended kind of consensually and in agreement. We each wanted different things. But at this point, it burst into fucking flames. Terrible. As bad as it could have been. Sparing you the details for every party involved, I got betrayed. And that sucked. Pretty much went into the dark night of the soul sort of thing. And it was tough. I weeped. I cried. Because the relationship... Where at one point it was like, hey, we're at a distance and I respect you. I still care about you. Like, you know, it was beautiful what we had. At that point, it was just like death. And it was really difficult, the lessons that I was learning at that period. But I told myself, you know what? Like, good for me for already being on this path of self-improvement. Now I'm going to double down. Now I'm going to trip. I'm going to go all in. And I smothered myself in self-improvement and focused on studying and bettering myself in every realm that I could because I never wanted to feel how I felt in that moment. I never wanted the circumstances to reappear. I had already planned to go on this road trip 
through a platform called Workaway, which is where you can work on farms while you travel. It's a work exchange. You work for them, they feed you, and they house you. I was obviously a college dropout. I'm kind of confused. I'm hurt. So I'm like, I, wanna, I need to do something different. I need to go connect with the land. I need to go learn real skills. I just, I, I got a dip. And then this complete clusterfuck of a nightmare situation comes about with my relationship. And I'm like, all right, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm gone. I, I'm going to go. So I do. And I work at eight different spots, three in Texas, two in Arkansas, and three in Missouri. I developed a huge, powerful, relentless, strong work ethic, determination, and a higher set of values. Because I was around people that were living that, that had to do it for their livelihood. Remember, I was chill with my parents paying for everything and me just kind of mooching and playing video games and kicking back. And like, hey, I want some money for beer. I want some money for pe-. Now I was, I was in it. I was at the start of the mindset that I have now. But the ambition that I have, the focus that I have, the drive that I have. And in that time while I was on my work away for six months, Bitcoin starts pumping. And I'm saying, oh, this is it. This is it. Like, I, I'm, I did it. The investing works. You can actually invest and make money. So I had bought silver. I had bought Bitcoin in the months prior. And while I'm on this trip... Although I'm not earning money, I'm seeing my investments go up. And so I'm getting excited because I'm like, yes, the, this is it. I can do something good. And I was really wanting to return because I wanted to work so that I could earn, so that I can invest more to continue to have that success. So I get home and I go heavy on my goals And at that point in time, this must have been 2017. Yeah, this was uh, July of 2017. I returned to Arlington and I started developing my monthly outlines as they exist now. So I started to really write out how my month was going to go, the structure of having a daily, weekly, monthly goals, and having these wider goals of uh, more long-term things, years, right? So I'm going on then. I'm continuing to study, to train, to develop my skills. And I think to myself, okay, time for another jump. I'm going to move back to San Marcos, which is where Texas State is, where I was living with this girl. I'm going to move back and live on my own, get my own single-bedroom apartment work, apply the determination that I generated while I was on this workaway trip, realizing that I can work hours a day for days at a time. And I'm going to continue to invest, you know, I see this opportunity. I've had this feeling things are progressing. I'm feeling a little bit better about the things that happened in the months before, you know, things are moving uphill. While I'm in San Marcos, Bitcoin pumps to 20000 At that time period, I'm realizing and understanding what's possible. I started to see very clearly and without doubt that I could and would become wealthy. I just needed to stick with it. So I'm working and studying intensely, day and night. I'm just getting after it. And I'm thinking Bitcoin's going to go up 
forever. It came down the rest of 2018, 2019, and fair part of 2020. But I'm feeling good, feeling good. So now it's 2018 and March. I'm feeling much better. I'm feeling much more able and confident in myself. I'm back in Arlington. I'm hanging out with my friends. And we get together in Fort Worth, have some drinks, and we're talking about let's all move to Denton because two of my friends were students at UNT. So I'm thinking let's all get an apartment together. I don't have to pay as much anymore as I was paying in San Marcos. So I'll have more money to invest. So I do that, right? And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to sign a year-long lease. I was only living in San Marcos for four months. I'm going to sign a year-long lease. And you know what? I want another girlfriend. I'm going to really work on myself, develop these skills with communication. And it's, it's got to happen. Like, I'm solid. I'm good. I'm going to have my own place practically again and I I was just feeling very very good 2018 was a bear year and investing there's bear markets and bull markets bear markets are when everything's just going down 2018 was a bear year fuck I struggled I struggled pretty hard I was investing all the way down every week, putting money in as I'm watching Bitcoin go from 20000 all the way down to 3000 over the course of months. And I feel it affecting my vision for what I want, my confidence. And in the meantime, I'm having terrible experience with girls constantly. Every corner I turn, every attempt, every time I tried to connect with a girl, it was just bonkers, like insane how bad it was, how often for that extended period of a time. Literally, like the year I lived in Denton was abysmal. I I think I went on one date while I lived in Denton. And I'm pretty sure the girl was just hungry. It it was bad. It was so bad. And so I'm having this year where things are just going downhill. And I'm like, so stressed. Like, what is going on? I feel like I'm not progressing at all. And it was just tough. But I learned an incredible amount. And I built up an intense amount of resilience And I continued to be diligent and disciplined in my goals. Two years later, I don't even think I fully understand how important that period of time in my life was and how much it built me up. But I know now that going through a year of like shit in everything that I was trying to improve has made me so much stronger of a person. So it's near the end of the year, right, of me living in Denton. And one night night I'm out with my friends and I get rejected and it just, it hits me so hard. I walked out of the bar. I didn't even say goodbye to my friends. And I, I barely made it down the street and there was this set of stairs and I just sat down and cried and cried and cried. I felt like shit. It felt like a year's worth of struggle all at once. All at once, I felt every rejection I had gotten for a whole year. And I mean a lot of rejection. (laughs) Like, a lot. All at once. It was just wrapped up in 
that one feeling. I felt a year's worth of pain. And I just, I felt so bad. And it wasn't like I felt bad for myself, like, woe is me. It was just, it just did not feel good. And then I started to think about why I was even doing what I was doing. Like, it all started because a girl basically showed me I wasn't good enough. And again, I gave her permission, like I agreed with her and I felt that way, you know, unconsciously, subconsciously, I was agreeing with her, but I was, I was trying to better myself and be cool and do all these things because I wasn't those things. I wasn't the smooth operator. I wasn't the successful fit person that I was trying to be. I was trying so hard. I was working so hard. Because I wasn't. And it just felt like such a letdown. I was reflecting on three, four years at that time. Yeah, about three years of all this stuff I had done, and it was all because I didn't feel good in the beginning, and so I was trying to fix that, and it was like, look at, look at how much effort you've had to spend to get to this point, and you're still stuck in the mud. So I acknowledged my position and I owned it. I said, okay, this is what's up. This is where I'm in. And uh, this is the reality of the situation. So I gave myself a pat on the back and I said, you know what? You did, you did good. You done good. You don't have to worry so much anymore. You don't have to push on the gas so hard. You can let go. It was around that time that I decided I would do another workaway. This time through Florida. I ended up going all the way to Orlando. I worked three spots in Louisiana and five spots in Florida. Awesome. Awesome, awesome time. I got nearly nothing I wanted from the trip, and I got everything I needed. The end of the trip in particular was a time when it was like this culmination of a lot of feelings I had had and of the trip itself, the experiences I was having, and I completely released that needy energy. I completely released that like mad dog effort to try and try and try to be better, which was part of the paradigm of what was keeping me stalled is that I was trying to be better instead of just being better. There was, there was effort when it should have been effortless. And there was pain when there should have been pleasure. I should have been enjoying the experience, but I was just like not (laughs) doing that. And I needed a girl in my life. I needed a girl to say, I want you because I had a very painful experience where a girl showed me very clearly that she did not want me. And for a long time, that's all I was feeling and going through. And so I just needed it more and more and more. All I wanted was for a girl to be like, I like you. Because then somebody else could see how good I was. Somebody else could see that I was worthy. At that time when I cried, I realized that I was trying so hard to be with somebody else 
and I realized that nobody else wanted to be with me. And I released it. I no longer needed it. I realized I'm okay. I realized that, yeah, there's work to do. And really, there's not. I'm okay. And the things that I do want to improve, I'll improve. I don't need to rush it. I don't need to pressure myself with doing it in a certain way at a certain time. It'll happen. If I'm moving in that direction, it'll happen. That was good. That was the end of 2019. The very beginning of 2020. So I returned to Arlington renewed again from my workaway trip, ready to dominate and conquer. And then coronavirus comes in. And that was weird because I had more plans to travel. I had a lot of ideas of what I was going to do. And it kind of put things on hold. But... Uh, There's a lot to say there. (laughs) So I just took advantage of the position that I was put in. And I continued studying and investing. I started to pursue videography quite recently. Again, dipping my toes in things that I'm interested in. Learning. At this point now, August, on my birthday, eight months into 2020... I am wanting to create and provide value. I'm fully invested in my investments and in my path. I'm in it to win it, and I know I'm going to, so it's much more relaxed and enjoyable. I can see the process and appreciate that rather than needing to get there. Oh, I just, oh, I need that. Oh, no, I'm okay where I'm at. I'll have it. And I'm sure when I have it, the goal's gonna extend or increase or whatever. So I don't need to get there because the horizon always moves. I can enjoy this point now. So, that's where I'm at. Having said all that, now you know what's led me to this point. 42 minutes. Interesting. What comes next? Well, it's the idea of playing mid. Playing mid. This is what I was intending to write a book about, I wrote a decent amount of it. So I'm going to kind of read from my notes, but really, I just want to tell you the premise. Mid in soccer is a position where you play both defense and offense. You play as needed. You serve the purpose that's appropriate for that period of time. The context. You do what's right. So my feeling of being drained by college and wanting to drop out was started by the beginnings of this concept of wanting to play mid. I was beginning to realize that College was becoming, if it wasn't already, because I think it is totally now, college was becoming outdated. It was no longer necessary to go into debt, to get a receipt that says, you did it. And then you apply for a job and, oh, I hope I, I, hope I get it. I hope they see I'm smart enough and that I went to college. Like, look how good of a college I went to. You, just didn't seem right. I knew that I could learn online. I knew I could go to the internet and improve my life and develop a skill set. That was apparent to me. I had done it. 
So I did drop out, and that feeling expanded. Here's what playing mid is really all about. I'm not sure what age range this is entirely applicable to, but really to some extent, it affects everybody. For my peer group, it is especially true. We must play mid. Our parents are playing one position. The people younger than us are playing another. We can't do either of those 100%. If you play your parents' position and go all in on that, you're putting energy into a system that's dying. If you try and play what kids being born today are going to play, it's not going to work out at all. The jobs that the people born today will have do not exist. It's like you can't even do what they're going to do. Playing mid is important because it's the reality of the scenario that's going on. We can't lie to ourselves and pursue a path that is no longer really available to us. There's something else going on. The future is going to be so wild and different than any of us can even expect. There's no way to prepare for it. But you have to prepare. And in the same way, you can't prepare by following the rules that the generations before us followed. Go to school, go into debt, get a job, pay it off, start a family at this age, pay off your house. Mortgage is French for uh, a death contract. Mort gauge. Mort is, you know, gosh, I mean, like that whole ideology is dead. So you've got to play mid. You've got to prepare for the future that you don't know how to prepare for. Whatever you feel you got to do, do it. For me, that means health, wealth, communication. Boom. That's how I came up with it. I realized that, hey, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen, but uh, I need to do something about it. And so I tuned in and I'm like, all right, if I get my health at 100, if I get my wealth at 100, and if I get my communication skills at 100, I'm going to be able to excel no matter what. No matter what scenario happens, if I get those three things where they need to be, I'm going to be all right. I have a lot written down that I'd like to tell you. And maybe this is where it does end up getting written into a book to put it out. I don't know. There's a lot of good stuff here. I feel like I've basically gotten the premise out to you. It's important to understand and see, to recognize that we cannot do what our parents did. We cannot blindly accept what we're told to do because it's just not going to work. There's so many reasons why. There's a book called Infinite Games. And it's the idea that most of the games people play are zero-sum games. They're winner-loser games. I win, meaning you lose. Some people are playing lose-lose games. But Infinite Games is this idea of playing a game where you can both win forever. The game doesn't end. You just keep winning. But how do we all keep winning? And how do we all keep playing? That's what's so important. And 
what we need to move towards as a peoples. Please, for your well-being, for your future potential, for your livelihood, set some damn goals. Focus on your health, on your wealth, and on your ability to communicate. Like I said in the beginning, these things and all the things I've said, I say them with conviction, not because I'm so smart and I came up with it, but because of all the things I've learned from other people who are very smart, I've connected the dots over years and I've taken time out to look at the bigger picture. What do these dots connect it? What are these lines? What is the shape that's appearing? This is what it is. This is what's happening. I wish I could read you everything here. The podcast is already quite long. And if you've made it this far, mm, well, now you know a fair bit about me. I've got more episodes planned. Like I said, I don't know when I'll bounce back and keep making more. To be honest, the reason I kind of want to end this is because I got to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Uh, I'm fasting today, so I've just been drinking liquids. Coffee, lemon water. I got to pee. I got to do what I got to do. Look. The future's coming. Time's going to pass, whether you want it to or not. If it takes you three years of investing to make $40,000, accept that it's going to take that long. Patience patience is almost passive. It's like those three years are going to pass regardless. So at least plant some seeds along the way. At least do your future self a favor. And that's really what it comes down to. Be willing to take a risk. The way to be risk averse now is to be risk friendly. If you don't take risks now and try something new, It's going to be really hard when it's forced upon you. As with all things, it's so much easier to do it when you decide to do it versus when somebody else or something else makes you. I feel blessed to be alive. I hope I have a lot more time ahead of me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hearing my trials and tribulations. If I can in any way help you, I assume by you listening to this, you know me. Please reach out. Okay? Do it. Do it. (laughs) All right, I got to pee. I'm getting out of here. Happy belated birthday to the rest of you. This is kind of my gift to you. I didn't really say as much as I wanted to for playing mid, but you get the idea.